Hi, my name's Jason Barcham. I'm an associate partner with Servian New Zealand. Welcome to the Technology Whisperers, a technology and innovation podcast brought to you by Servian with your hosts Alistair Ross and Sean Muller. Join us as we demystify the latest emerging innovative technologies for businesses of all shapes and sizes, sharing our thoughts on how you can improve your current technologies, practices and processes to transform your business. Welcome back to the Technology Whisperers. If you've been following us, we've had a couple of episodes where Alistair hasn't been able to join me. I hope that we will have Alistair back in the podcast studio probably within the next week. So look out for an episode with Alistair and I. But today I'm, I'm joined by Caleb Buchanan. Is that pronounced correctly? Yep, that's yep. correct. Who is a data scientist and a DevOps engineer working for Servian. And he has a has a rather unusual story to tell about how he, about how his progression went from university into working for Servian. One of the girls in the office has referred to it as an intern's tale there and back again. So, Caleb, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, thanks, Sean. So, as Sean said, I'm a data scientist and DevOps engineer. I joined Servian recently as an intern in 2020 and then went on from there to to join as a full-time in a full-time position with Sean and the team to work on MLOps and the like. Well, no, 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 that's a good start. But so uh, help us out a little bit. So what Caleb's kind of playing down is, is that he's really become, you know, a rising star in the consultancy business. And he's been doing some really good work across Australia and New Zealand. But Let's take you back to that, you know, you're in university, you're about to graduate, and your degree is? So I, I graduated with uh, a degree in software engineering with a specialization in AIML, and that was finished in 2020, got my official document in 2021. And at the end of the degree, you, you sort of, You've finished your your four years of study, and you're like, well, what what do I do now? And obviously, you you you're looking for for some work. You're looking to maybe take 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 a bit of time off. Four years of study gets starts to drag on. You know, thirty years of business drags. <laughs> not, not opening that up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So I was I was pretty over it. <laughs> I was honestly really looking for a bit of a break. I was planning on taking probably three to four months off and then maybe I'd start have a look and see what what was out there and what I could could get involved in but as it turned out um Sean was was on the hunt he was looking looking for people well we yeah we were looking for interns to come in and and do some cool AI ML stuff here in New Zealand and so I was I had a profile up on on a site called Summer of Tech it's a great great platform for for finding internships and the like if so if you're at university anywhere in New Zealand and um, you want to do a cool technology internship over the summer, I would suggest joining it. I'll include a link to Summer of Tech in the meeting notes so that if somebody's interested, they can they can reach out to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a fantastic platform. And so I'd, I'd had a profile up there. I wasn't really looking for anything at the time, but Sean, Sean and the team saw my profile and reached out to me and... 
Well, so it's interesting. I got to give proper credit because there's somebody that will will tell me that I didn't give him credit. So <laughs> Matt Hadlow reached out to me and said, hey, Sean, I've seen this guy's Caleb's profile. Why don't you reach out to him and see if he might be interested in the internship? And at that time, I think we had I think we had five interns. It was on day one. We had five interns that had, had expressed interest in it. So I wanted to make sure that we had a good number of people that could come in and talk to us. Yeah. About wanting the role. Now, two days later, we had 120 people applying for the role, and it became a little bit complicated. But, but yeah, so we reached out, and, and it was a very good interview, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, honestly, initially I saw, I saw the message, and I almost ignored it. I was... <laughs> I looked at it, I got an email, it's, it's, hey, hey, do you want to have a chat about this role? And I almost just deleted the email on the spot. I was, I was, I was pretty over it. Like I said, I wanted to, want to take, take a break, but I thought, no, no, I better, better take a look, better see what this, what this is about. And I, I had a look at the description and it, it sounded just exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. It, it put all of the bits that I found were missing from university, which is like, how does AI actually help a business? Yeah. And it was all about creating something that would fill that gap. And it just made so much sense to me. And I, I, I read it, I was like, how's this not part of university? <laughs> I, there's, there's such a, this just massive disconnect. So obviously I had to, had to reach out, back out and say, hey, yeah, it'd be, be great to have a have a chat and see what see what this is about. And yeah, so we had that chat, yep. sat down and... Yeah, I think we, uh, what was it, maybe a week later, we came back and said, would you like to come in for the internship? Yeah. Would you like to do it? Yeah. So how was, so starting an internship, how was that from going from university to suddenly, because you've worked previous, you've had lots of yep. jobs previous to that, but not kind of in a corporate setting so i had had one one previous internship oh that's right that's yeah. right you said you had that yeah yeah and that that had been had been good we'd done some cool stuff it was a little bit siloed we'll probably just tr chat about that a bit later but yeah it had been good and it had given me a bit of insight into industry and i enjoyed my time there but i'd really wanted to go back and finish my degree rather yeah. than sort of finishing earlier with a slightly different degree because yeah. from from vic where I, I studied you've got an oppor opportunity after three years to graduate with a com sci degree yeah. but i really wanted to finish that software engineering degree with the, the specialization so i chose to go back yeah so so yeah so you've done a you had done a little bit of corporate but uh, we kind of threw you in the deep end. I mean, I think within the first week, I was having meetings with you describing what we wanted to build, an actual thing to take to clients to show them. Was that different than the than the previous internship? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so so that's, that's why I mentioned about the previous one being a little bit siloed where we sort of, we got our projects and they were super interesting projects. We could see potential value in, in them for various use cases but it was really us working on this project and like separate from the business it was yeah. it was created maybe a proof of concept or something but it was very much separate from the business whereas when we came in i think it was it was honestly probably within the first couple of days we sat down in the room and we you went through what what business is missing how traditional 
enterprise development works and why that's not working for AIML. Yep. And then we had it was it was it wasn't even you sitting us down to say this is what we need to do. It was it was a dialogue between all of all the interns and yourself and discussing how we can fill address some of those gaps. Yeah. And and I don't want this to be about me, but part part of my approach to this is, is that everybody has a viewpoint and other people's viewpoints enhance my viewpoint. So I'm always looking to get and that was one of the that was one of the opportunities that I was trying to take from the internship was you guys had been doing data science work or data science uh, study at university and you had a you had a perspective of what it took to to do machine learning model development and I wanted that viewpoint because in business most of the data scientists coming into roles are coming right out of university and so they sit down in the business to start building machine learning models expecting to work the way they work at university and you know yeah two years yeah. <laughs> two years on you, you know more than anybody that that's not the way it works absolutely yeah yeah so we so the internship ran for 10 weeks yeah yep and at the end of that 10 weeks a Servian came back to you and yeah came back we sat me down at the very serious conversation all the all the big guns in the room Matt and Martin Matt and Martin <laughs> yep very very serious we've got we've got to have a have a conversation Caleb but but we sat down um, had a chat about how the internship had gone and then then you, you said you wanted to to keep me on and yeah that was, that well, was awesome well I have to say so Matt Matt and Martin had either attended or had reviewed the video recordings of every showcase for every sprint we had done and they had come to me they didn't come to me and say hey who do you want to keep they had come to me and said that you had made an impression and and you know I got input into who we kept and who we didn't keep but they were like they're these in, all three of the interns are, are exceptionally good, and we think we want to keep them. Sean, or do you agree with us? We, we sh- think we should make them offers. And yeah, I didn't hesitate. I mean, you, the three of you, uh, all three of you, had done an exceptionally good job. And you, Caleb, you you were good from the beginning. You you had a you're willing to speak up and share your opinions about stuff. I think by the end of it, you were actually seeing the direction that the entire project was going, and we're starting to take the next step into seeing how to progress that forward even without an architectural view over the top of it. So yeah, I don't think there was there wasn't even a hesitation on on Matt and Martin's to make you a job offer, but you accepted. So yep. you decided not to take the three or four months off. I did, I did. Every now and then I wonder, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was it was no a no brainer. Like you said, we'd gone in and we would started to build build these things and I could see and still can see exactly where where that fits in, and it just makes sense. And it really feels like there's an opportunity now yeah. to be involved in that and to help grow that and decide the direction that goes, rather than in the future yeah. when when you're sort of coming in and yeah. it's 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 done and this is the way it's done. Well, you had gotten you had started getting really down into the software engineering aspect of the machine learning model development. So with the DevOps engineering, you had started, had that really, had it played off the software engineering work that you had done at uni, or was it just really interesting when you got into it and so you started digging deeper and deeper into it? It was a little bit of both. We had touched on that type of work a little bit at uni. It's a little bit difficult at at uni because a lot of it relies on cloud computing and the, yeah. the like where 
universities tend to not have access to that type of type of resource. Or and, only limited access. Or yeah, yeah, limited access or just just not enough experience in the yeah. the professors to to be in, in that involved in that space. So so you kind of took that a little bit forward because I, I think a couple months after you had come on board, an opportunity came up to, to for you to do some DevOps engineering work in one of our big clients. And and what was that? So you kind of pivoted a little bit. You pivoted away from some, some of the AI ML work and into pure DevOps engineering work. What was that like? Honestly, I think I think that was a, a fantastic experience. When, when that was opportunity, provided as an opportunity I I had to think about it for pr- probably five minutes and realize this is this is a fantastic way to grow something that you need to be able to do ML ops and ML development at an enterprise level well as you need an understanding of how enterprise works yeah and I'd, I'd never worked in a large enterprise before and so being able to to move into to ANZ and work work in a large enterprise on DevOps yeah. stuff, even though it's not ML related, translates a lot. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting point you bring up. I mean, academically, an ML ops pipeline um, in a vacuum or in a greenfields environment, the structure of it looks fairly sim- simple. In fact, whether you're doing it in Kubeflow or Vertex AI or, or Azure, um, MLOps or even uh, SageMaker on AWS, it's, it's pretty straightforward. All of the devil is in the details of integration into the wider enterprise and, and to work on a DevOps project in a large organization, those suddenly get highlighted to you, the identity access management challenges, the service management challenges, the storage and location, data source and data destiny. All of those are the big hairy things that that make the pipeline difficult and so yeah i think there's there's huge value i mean so from a career progression are you thinking to continue to go down the devops engineering this is something we do in serving a lot um we bring in really good people and then we give them opportunities to grow and go in different directions if they want to and so is devops engineering in the direction you want to go or do you see a view for you blending back into the AI ML space? So the, the DevOps engineering, it's definitely, it's a it's an interesting space to work on at work in. It's, I, I enjoy it a lot. It's, it's making things work. And that's that's always, when you when you get something that's not working and then you can you can just do this little bit of magic that, that everyone doesn't understand. They're just like, cool, looks good. And then that makes stuff work. That that always feels good, but definitely the the AI ML space is is where my main passion is. Not necessarily developing the models, though that's interesting in itself. But definitely making AI ML work for businesses, and that's where that blend of the DevOps and the AI um, all comes together, along with business knowledge. Yeah, well, well, you have stayed plugged in, obviously, the AIML team. I think this year you stepped up and, and ran the internship program. I mean, we're a year on. You ran the internship program for us this year. Yeah. How, how was that like? So you were almost in a leadership role for the interns as we brought them on. And I think we crafted the, the program this year basically from scratch, didn't we? I mean, we didn't even have summer, yeah. summer of intern or summer of tech Summer of intern? Summer of tech. Summer of tech. <laughs> we didn't even have summer of tech going in the background. We just kind of 
kind of organically grew and brought in a couple of interns. And was that, were you up for that? I mean, were you prepared for that ahead of time or did you, you know, see that as a natural progression or it was more an opportunity? Yeah, it felt, it felt very natural to, to move into that role. You're obviously very busy with developing the AIML practice in Serbia and, and I knew that if we want to build the practice further, we, we need to keep the internship program running and I saw the opportunity to take take on some of that that workload and some of that um role yeah. and I was I was like let's let's do it let's make this work reached out to a, a few individuals um in my network to find some some good interns and found a couple of fantastic interns through that network even without summer of tech so yeah it was it was very very natural to to fall, fall into that role yeah, and well, and, and like everything else, every other role you've been put into, you stepped up and, and went above and beyond to be able to help out. I think we will do Summer of Tech this year, absolutely. So if anybody listening is at university and would be interested in serving and some of the stuff we're doing, we will be on Summer of Tech this year. And you know, I, th- I think it's I think it's a huge because the reality is is that there aren't people in the market, data scientists and AI, ML engineering at an enterprise level is such a new, the individual pieces of it have been around a long time, but as a whole, as a practice whole, it's such a new space. And there are there are some very good companies out there that are doing it in niches. Servian's approach to it as looking at it as, a, as more of an enterprise adoption to, to drive business outcomes, I think is, is not unique. There are multinationals that are doing it, but I think in New Zealand and Australia, it's a, I think it's a hugely powerful tool that businesses can use to get outcomes. So, yeah, we, we greatly appreciate you being on board. Overall, how's how do you has it just been a journey of opportunity grow, opportunity grow, opportunity grow? What I mean, yeah, I mean, so, uh, really? so hold on, hold on. <laughs> Your dad works in the industry, right? Yes, yes. Less less development. He's more of a management IT management um, but, position but in the industry yes within the industry as does my mom yeah uh, she's a developer yeah so, so how does that conversations go you know when you get the role the internship and then the offer and then you grow and grow and grow as you go forward how does I mean they're they're very very pleased with, with how I'm doing <laughs> honestly they're not they're not surprised they've always been very supportive and recognize that I, I can see things a certain way and, and get outcomes from that. And I've always, always had a lot of drive to, to make that success work. Um, yeah, so they're very, very, very happy. <laughs> but, and, and you're yeah. still happy with the path and direction you're going? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm definitely enjoying the work a lot. Mm-hmm. The leadership aspects that I've experienced through leading the the internship program has been been fantastic i definitely find a lot of satisfaction out of out of getting those those interns into the into their first sort of taste of industry and help yeah, yeah helping them develop and grow and i've very quickly picked up all of the but not not necessarily all, but a large majority of the technical blocks mm. involved in, in the industry. And I've been finding ways to get more of a, a view on the business side, which I've, I've noticed is often 
missing from a lot of people's views, um, particularly developers' views. It's yeah. very difficult to have a strong technical grasp of a solution in, as well as understanding all of the business ramifications of that technology and being able to bring those together is something that, that excites me a lot. So to put you on the spot a little bit with your unique viewpoint, I mean, uh, you're you're younger, so you have a, a certain bent or, or viewpoint to how you see the world and and the way industries are going and, the, and how people consume services, whether it be from a business perspective or a customer's perspective, where do you see it going? What, Caleb, what would be your technology prediction for the next five to 10 years if, if someone came and asked you? The next five to 10 years, obviously cloud is always gonna be in that space. That's, yeah. that's a no-brainer. DevOps is, has ingrained itself. That's, that's not going away anytime soon. I think the next, the next thing that, that businesses are really going to be looking at and have already started looking at is really that enterprise adoption of AI and ML, which is why I'm so so excited about that. We can see it with the likes of Google. We've recently brought out a Vertex solution, which is their their solution for AI ML on GCP. Um, AWS have been working on SageMaker and SageMaker 2 for a while. And so these large companies have are really starting to invest in that space and that's going to drive people to take on those those solutions as they become available and more more readily available so i think i think that's really the next the next step in the next 5 years yeah 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 no i i actually agree with you completely i think i think even businesses that are non-technology businesses are looking at the landscape and realizing that there is a value that they can get out of AIML that they can't get anywhere else. And yeah. so they're they're making investment choices and the cloud the cloud piece of it is actually allowing them to do some experiments cheap. Yeah. Because that's the big challenge was is fifteen years ago if you wanted for those that don't know, this podcast being demystification, right? If if you think that machine learning model development or artificial intelligence is new, it's been around since the nineties. The problem was is 15 years ago and before, if you wanted to do an experiment to see if a machine learning model might actually give you some inf- interesting information, you would have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and the experiment might fail because you might not have the information you needed to train the model to give you the outcome. Fast forward to today, Caleb listed a couple services that are available on cloud and for a couple hundred dollars a month or maybe couple thousand dollars a month you can do an experimentation and see if you have the data to be able to give yourself an answer so for the first time it doesn't take that hundred thousand dollar investment to see if machine learning might give you an outcome and and it can it may not give you an outcome on day one but it could absolutely give you a beneficial outcome or maybe a view of information that you didn't know that you had over a two to three month period of time of development. So I, I completely agree yeah. with you. I think that's the direction that everything's going. Yeah, especially in, in those industries that are not technology based. I think yeah. my generation in particular is really un- starting to understand the value of data. We're seeing it all over the world. There's a lot, lot of focus on how do we protect people's privacy and data and law with the GDPR and the New Zealand Privacy Act and things. And it's it's really making, putting this big spotlight on data. Yeah. 
and that's just naturally going to translate to people even outside of the technology industry to start thinking about well we have all this data what do we do we've been it? we're being enforced to protect it by law yeah what else can we do with it yeah. like can we can we grow our business well and and your generation is very comfortable with recommendation engines. In fact, you're very comfortable with the idea of interacting an AI to get recommendations. So asking Alexa something or asking Google Home something, the HomePod, the Apple HomePod something, you're okay with that and comfortable with that. And you're going to expect that level of recommendation engine in businesses as they move into the business. So I, I think that it's, it's only gonna grow and grow and grow and the organizations non-technology organizations that figure out how to harness that and leverage it are going to put the other ones out of business. Yeah. I mean, if if nothing else, a machine learning-driven recommendation engine for decision makers gives them additional tools to be able to make better decisions with what they're doing. Yeah, and I think it's, it's, gonna, it's not going to be the... I mean, it might be, but it's, I think for a large portion of these businesses that do make it, it's not going to be the technologists in the business that no. that create that success. It's going to be the business people who understand their business, understand what is needed to make that business success, understand the pain points of the business, what, yeah. what causes inefficiencies, what yeah. makes it difficult for the non-technology bit of the business to work. Yeah. And then bringing those questions to the technology to people and saying, how can we fix this? How can we improve this? What, yeah. what do we need to do? And that's going to be where that, that success comes from. Well, I'll be blunt. I'd, like, I'd, I'd love it if a lot more early stage technologists had the view that you have. Because like I said, uh, it's, your view is much wider and your grasp of the, the challenges from the business side and the technology side and how they come together is it's very good. So, Caleb, where can people find you? So I'm on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Caleb Buchanan. Big yellow jersey, that's me. <laughs> other other than that, I'm always rock climbing. I'm down at Hangdog on the waterfront. Um, happy to have a chat if anyone's around and wants to have a chat there. It's I'll, always good. I'll include the link to your LinkedIn profile in the notes. I don't know that I'll include the link to Hangdog. <laughs> you might be able to twist my arm to get that. Caleb, thank you so much for coming on and telling us your journey. I mean, I, I, you know, this this whole journey from internship all the way to where you're at now in your career, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there. Nobody listening to this podcast needs to come and try and steal Caleb away from me because <laughs> it's, I, just, I just leave that out there. But, yeah, you have a promising future ahead of you. And, and very much, you know, career-wise, you and I will stay connected for as long as you and I are in the business because, yeah, you're going to do some great things. Thanks, Sean. It's been a pleasure coming on here with you.